This is the Rad Mars Podcast, episode 91. I'm Andy Mindler. And I'm Brendan Trombley. I'm Trevor Williams. And I'm Andrew Ford. We have lost Rashi to the abyss that is Path of Exile, New Expansion Land. Which I've narrowly avoided, although it has left me a tired and exhausted husk. You didn't avoid it. You <laughs> fell into it. It came out the other side. <laughs> yes, I, I I've emerged <laughs> from it. <laughs> you fell headfirst into that hole. I did. And it was a good time. It's a great patch. Any anything weird in it? Like, what was the last one? You said Kringled or something? Kringled, the Kringleverse. Kringled. Uh, yeah. It was basically the one where you like corrupt items and there's currency for modifying corrupted items and whatnot. And yeah. whenever you modify or corrupt an item, it becomes incalculably worse. It's horrible. So the league mechanic <laughs> wasn't great. This one, um, it's like their yearly patch. So they added a bunch of new content oh. to it. Um, so it's 3.17, I want to say. Um, so this is like a major. This is bigger than just, yeah. And yeah. expansion, it's like... Oh. Yeah. Well, no wonder he's gone. Yeah, they added a bunch of new bosses in the end game. They also completely redid the end game. So, like, the instead of the Atlas being a bunch of different regions, it's one common Atlas. And instead of having a bunch of tiny little um, talent pools and passive points for it, you've got one massive passive tree with hundreds of points in it. Um, so it's like an leveling another character almost with the sort of passives that you invest in the Atlas. So it's interesting. And there's a lot of new strategies that you can uh, have. And the new league mechanic is fun as well, although managing the inventory is a mess. You basically like custom craft enemy monsters and, you know, it determines their rewards and also what skills they have. Um, does, it, does it put you into a 5v5 uh, battle arena in which you manage creeps and towers and you get really toxic with each other? <laughs> not yet fortunately not the league oh yes yes <laughs> uh although there are some old murder mechanics where you manage uh you know tower defense type things but uh that's been there for quite a while anyway i'm enjoying it i'm playing a poison concoction build which i'm not very good at um and i'm playing it with a uh, Rauschi and a couple of his friends and i'm always a little bit shocked at how good they are at the game compared to how good i am but it also is a useful reference in terms of, hey, what am I doing wrong? They usually have an answer. <laughs> now, it, nothing, nothing new has been going on with this particularly, but I have been, I've gone pretty much headfirst into Genshin Impact. Oh, I've oh been really? Playing it a lot. Yeah, like it's an easy way. I, I you know, I, I can, I can spend as many hours playing it as I could, like a Breath of the Wild or any other really good AAA game. Like, there's a lot to do, a lot to explore, and like. The, I don't know. I feel like they you can really tell they put a lot of love into it. So like the most recent event that they did was, you know, basically the Chinese New Year event, um, mm. like Lunar New Year. They called it the Lantern Rite, like in their little storyline. And like there was a lot of cool content to do. And they completely transformed, you know, one of the major towns with like lanterns everywhere. And um, when you finished it all, there was like a really kind of cute, semi-emotional cinematic of all the characters enjoying the fireworks at the end of the festival. And I was just kind of like, oh... This is like, this is like a game with like a lot of, I don't know, like, like they really want you to like, like these characters and they do a really good job at it. I don't know. I'm, I've been very impressed all, by all it. your waifus. I've got waifus and husbandos now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I still don't like, I don't remember the last time we talked about it. You, you play, you like, you control one character, right? Or do you have like a party? It's kind of both. So you have one character at a time, but your party is four people and they're on the, like the side of the screen and you tap on one and it just like, you just go bloop and now you're that character. So you're, you're kind of swapping them out a lot because like they're like elemental reactions and chains. So it's, it's very often like you, you swap to a character, you use their special ability, it goes on cooldown. You swap to another character, use their special cool ability, it goes on cooldown. Maybe another character. So it's like Pokemon. I suppose, but it's all real time. You know, it's an action RPG. Okay. Real time Pokemon. Is the real-time new Pokemon, Pokemon real time? 
No. It's turn-based. Once Has anyone you... played it? I haven't played it. Uh, my partner's got it, and uh, I've watched I've watched him play it a bit. It's um... is he just grousing about the graphics the entire time? He's like, these fucking graphics, they're so shit. <laughs> God damn, this company can't do anything right. <laughs> Fuck everything. Blah, 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 blah. That's what I see. That's what the internet is telling me. And then I look at it. That's kind of how like, I feel when I look at it. I'm like, it looks fine. It looks okay. <laughs> like, I just see. Lots of videos on Reddit of Snorlax like destroying things with a hyperbeam. That that is my exposure to the game at this point. Is that the meme? Snorlax with a hyperbeam? I don't know. Like it looks <laughs> like it's actually a thing inside of the game. Like Snorlax stands up and then zaps things with a hyperbeam. Cool. The thing that makes it weird is that when you encounter you encounter Pokemon like in the world and you kind of actually yeah. have to like I don't know, do do stuff to get in a in a fight with them and the sort of spatial awareness and I don't know there's that kind of stuff and you have to like aim your ball when you throw it to like throw your, your Pokemon at them and oh, weird. yeah you as a character like as a human character actually are in a bit of peril like the Pokemon can totally attack you if you screw up do you have health mm, probably <laughs> maybe <laughs> I know they somebody posted that like it's like canonical that Pokemon are just fucking murdering people all the time in this game and I'm like oh, shit what yeah i saw some battle where like you can like yeah like you're in the same field as the battle was happening and someone was just like having their pokemon you know fight some other pokemon and they're just running in the middle and like whenever the pokemon attack they would just get knocked on their ass over and over again (laughs) strange it takes place in like feudal japan type yeah like in the past so i guess you could say it was a more violent age or something (laughs) where they sent their children off to battle with ancient monsters but it's like weird that like you're in the environment and then there's just like the Pokemon are like massive. Like some of them are like fucking huge. Because they're that new kind, the alpha whatever kind. No, I, I don't know. There's just like, just Ponyta is Pokemon like fucking like two stories tall. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> just like Pokemon in general are bigger than like you realize, I guess. I saw a thing about on the Internet that this game revealed that Pokemon themselves have this intrinsic ability to shrink themselves down and fit in a Pokeball. Yep. And I guess that's what? their okay. So yeah, uh, Ford is it's a not great a... survival trap or uh, trait. Yeah, right. So like that's apparently how Pokeballs work. They just sort of coerce Pokemon to use their innate shrinking ability. And... Shrink for me. And that's 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 what explains why you can be in like a feudal Japan and still have Pokeballs. I hmm. guess Pokemon inherently have the ability to shrink. Wait, so does that mean that when they're in the Pokeball, like they're just fully fucking conscious? They're just really small in it? Because that uh, sucks dick. <laughs> I mean, maybe <laughs> it's maybe fuck? it's just shrink and also go into some kind of energy state. I don't know. Like hibernation or like yeah. s- sleep coma? Because like, what if you just forgot about your Pokemon for like years? <laughs> like, you should dump it up as a tiny skeleton. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you're like, oh, Grandpa's. You find a box of Grandpa's old Pokeballs under the bed. You wonder what he's got here. Let's open it up, and he's like, oh my god, a corpse! <laughs> it's like the uh, equivalent of coming across a taxidermied porcupine in your like a uh, family cabin, just like it. <laughs> Except not taxidermied, just neglected. I choose you, dead Pikachu. <laughs> wow. <laughs> So, you know, Pokemon, they evolve. but <laughs> Not when they're dead. It's bad. It's not real evolution. Oh. But I did want to talk about some real evolution stuff today. Tell oh. me. You guys ready to talk about some real evolution? Do I, do I want to know about this real evolution? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like this is cursed knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not so cursed. Uh, I don't know if anyone listening remembers a very long time ago. It's actually the name of one of our episodes. Fact. All human beings are crab-shaped. Uh, figured this could actually be... We were actually referring to like a real-life uh, uh, phenomenon in evolution uh, that we could actually talk about today. So, What is that called? Well, I want I to do it by telling you a bit of a story first. Oh. So, right. So this is about crabs, and I want to first talk about uh, a type of crab. You guys ever heard of a hermit crab? Yes. Once upon a time, a couple times. <laughs> yeah. Cute little pet, I guess. Uh, but the thing about a hermit crab is that, dun, 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 it's not a real crab. <gasps> Gasp. 
What is what is it? <laughs> well, it's a shrimp. <laughs> it's a it's a crawdad. So yeah, it's uh it's related to what you might call a true crab, but it's actually like one little tick over in the like evolutionary tree. What the fuck is a true crab? True is it like crabs. crab prime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you've got super crabs. You've got the real crabs. They're actually tr- crabs, and they're telling the truth about being crabs. <laughs> crab then, truthers. Yes. Are we talking like family or genus or species or what? There is a so so the the hermit crab is part of the infraorder Anomura or all other known Anomala, and it's like a, a sister group to the Brachiura, which are the true crabs. Okay. Ah, the one true crab. Yeah. So, like, you know, if you think about a crab, there's a lot of things that they have in common. But, like, a true crab, right, has, like, a flat kind of short body, right? It's, like, kind of wider than it is long. It's got, like... Uh, it's like a disc kind of... It's like a disc shape, yeah. And it's got, you know, a bunch of legs and two two pinchy claws in the front, usually. Two bigger pinchy claws in the front. Mm-hmm. And you have this effect, basically, where uh, even though... Uh, hermit crabs are not true crabs. They have, over time, evolved to be more crab-shaped than they were in the past. What were they in the past? Humans? They were human-shaped, and then they became <laughs> crab-shaped. Exactly. No, they but were what, little. What, they were little humans that carried shells on their backs. Yeah, they. Um, but they. What they. They basically what I was when I was looking this up, it's not as dramatic as like something like a human turning into a crab. <laughs> it's like something that was already kind of crab shaped turning into something more crab shaped. That's why mm-hmm. like this effect is happening to like things like really closely related to crabs. So like uh, the the ancestors of these animals had like longer, more lobstery shapes to them. So like the, specifically in the tail area, like the tail was 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 longer and presumably allowed them to swim like using their tail mm-hmm. and then over time that shortened and got lost and they also lose their ability to swim with their tail but gained something you know usually presumably in evolution you gain you gain something when your when your body changes the, the the natural selection is causing that to happen so the crab might it gives <laughs> them immense crab strength uh the the strength might be defensive right like a long tail might just be like a big meaty delicious thing to get eaten it is and if they just lobster tails right lobster tails are freaking delicious so uh i guess just like how uh this isn't this is not evolution caused by humans as far as i know but you know how like um nowadays human poaching is causing elephant tusks to shrink yep because we're just we, we you know uh, we humans keep killing the ones with the biggest tusks, so we're putting pressure on their that population. A natural selection to select away from having big tusks, um, which is kind of nuts because I'm assuming they had those big tusks as defense in the, in the first place. So now it's, it became a liability. So yeah, the biggest the biggest tusks got removed from the population, so the smallest tusks got to keep reproducing, and they, that becomes the, the the sort of new version of the trait. So it's presumed that you know. Uh, uh, these these proto hermit crabs, whatever they were in the past, um, might have might have had some sort of advantage where they weren't getting predated and or you know they were their lifestyle was favoring more like scuttling along the ground versus okay. like swimming through the swimming through the uh, the ocean. This fucking tail is getting in the way of my <laughs> scuttling. <laughs> I need to evolve it away through the crab prime spark. Ah. Uh. <laughs> So I want to talk about another crab for a moment. This is the, wait, I don't make sure I'm getting the name right. Yeah, right. The king crab. Okay. <laughs> Guess what? It's not a true fucking crab. Whoa. What? Yep. The fuck? Mind blown. The one called the king crab. And that's and like the one we eat the most, isn't it? Isn't like king crab the one say, that you get yeah. at Red Lobster and just like yeah. chow down on all the time? You're saying he's an imposter? It's also an imposter, and it, it the evidence actually points that it evolved either from or like had a common ancestor with hermit crabs. Hmm. And there's what something the to do with yeah, they, they have like a specific body asymmetry that they share with each other, and that kind of helps demonstrate that um, uh, they're related, and that the king crab is not actually a true crab in that neighboring order, uh, Brachiura. Imposter! Wow, I, know. I I need to look up a picture of a king crab now. Yeah, so what's different about him? Like, what's like, why? King crabs what? are actually kind of nightmarish. They're like super spiky. 
Mm-hmm. Is, it the, is it the spikes that make them not crabby? Like an oh, actual wow. crab? Yeah. No, I don't. I don't think that's actually the thing. It is um, a nightmare. It's like a spike with legs. <laughs> one huge claw and one like shitty claw, or like one that's like a sword and one that's like a gun. <laughs> the uh, <laughs> that's very asymmetrical. <laughs> the um, the asymmetry that I was referring to is actually more in the like body. Like when I say the body, I don't mean like the whole body, including all the uh, legs. I mean like the actual like centralized part of the body mm-hmm. right hermit crabs hermit crabs have like this like asymmetric butt basically because that's what helps them sort of slide into their shell in a particular oh, formation weird. and so presumably you know king crabs used to have that and then didn't really need it anymore so the asymmetry isn't as pronounced but it's still there if you look closely and that, that's like oh. some of the evidence there Whoa. and also king crabs apparently have 10 legs decapods they are decapods remember that from moana Whoa. look it up <laughs> is that why you eat them at red lobster because they have so many fucking legs to eat <laughs> that's how they have unlimited like lobster or like crab legs or whatever because these king crabs are just fucking awash in them yep <laughs> i am the king of legs retricide never tasted so good do we even eat regular crabs what are these regular what is a true crab true what crabs? are they up to where, where are these motherfuckers I can tell you. I can tell you a couple other crabs that are not true crabs. While I'm at this, please. Do. Um, I want to know what a true crab is. <laughs> we have to, I feel we, like we have to I go through the, the, the classification of all living things, so you can figure out what is not a crab. Before then we get by to the, the process true of crab. elimination, we know what crabs are. Yep. There we go. Lobsters, not crabs. Shrimp, not crabs. Uh, is a shrimp a lobster? No, they're all related though. Uh, if you go back, like, like you know, we're talking about all like different types. What of... about a crawdad? What the fuck is a crawdad? <laughs> I believe it's something. Is that something. a crayfish? What is a crayfish? <laughs> is yeah, a crayfish yeah, a crawdad? It's a lobster <laughs> that didn't get a lot of food when it was young. <laughs> they are most likely related. I, I don't know what the family tree is of those. They they are crustaceans, and uh, are they going to turn into crabs one day? Yeah, they're still the order Decapoda, right? So they're still in this like bigger group that involves like crabs and lobsters and shrimp and a few others. Mm. It's only a matter of time before they turn into crabs, but they're not there yet. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I actually have some issues with this whole thing. So this 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 thing where like with things, what like, whole thing? Life. <laughs> it, it made a, it made all this like buzz, right? In science, that like things are like evolving into crab shapes, but like I expected that to mean like. I didn't expect that to mean humans or something extremely unrelated to crabs, like true crabs would evolve into crab shapes. But I was still expecting like general like arthropods, meaning like things with like a exoskeleton, right? So like insects, arachnids, uh, crustaceans, these are all arthropods. Um, I would have assumed that like that body plan would somehow like to make this notable would have happened across like all of those things but really it's just happening in this one little like tiny evolutionary jump away from crabs and that's where everyone's having all this like brouhaha about things evolving into crab shapes when it's like actually it's its butt is just kind of getting a little shorter mm-hmm. and it already looked like a crab before it with a longer butt basically so do, are these sort of like various subspecies like geographically distributed so like they're all over the place and it's just globally they're turning into crab shapes I mean, that's the thing. It is still kind of interesting, right? That that several different species that are, yeah, you know, disconnected from each other, un- like like they're they're related, but you know, still separate, have done this thing where they all shortened their butts in in parallel with each other. Um, so we're talking like a New Year's resolution, basically. <laughs> they all got Peloton, Peloton. We we our species will also join in this New Year's resolution to we reduce our are also. All headed toward crabination, <laughs> um, but yeah, the whole it, 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 the crabination—it's actually called carcinization—is the name of the term that we're talking about. The tendency of things to evolve into a crab shape, with the caveat that it was kind of already crab shaped, and really its butt was just shortening. I don't. I think my head canon now for reality is that all things are headed towards crabs. Maybe I they think are. I, I like the world <laughs> under that lens much better than the one we currently live in. Just the idea that one day we're all going to be fucking like stupid crabs. What if we're really smart crabs? Yeah, I mean, like, we're going to be like space crabs. Like, we're going to be in space and we're going to be like crabs. And then, like, some other sentient creature is going to, like, come upon us and be like, Jesus fucking Christ. Well, no, because they're also crabs. crabs. Exactly. It's all life, all life in the universe. Well, they haven't. No, they haven't. They're still like humanoid. 
and they're gonna uh, have their minds fucking blown. And we're like, whoa, we gotta tell you something, bro. We used to look like you. And they're like, no, don't tell us this. <laughs> we're like, it's gonna happen. You too will be a crab like me. Just uh take this mysterious serum <laughs> and it genetically modifies the all crab spark. Yep. The all crab spark. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we've definitely invented a really good new IP. All right, let's wow. let's answer your initial or original question, which is like, what is a true crab? Uh, did I already mention a couple things that are that are called crabs that are not crabs still? Are coconut crabs, hairy stone crabs, porcelain crabs? Wait, coconut crabs are not crabs. Correct. These are not crabs. Are they at least Wait, coconuts? Coconut <laughs> crabs are the ones that are like huge, right? They're fucking gigantic, and they live on and they're land. in Australia. Yeah. Those aren't crabs? What the fuck are those? Spiders? Again, they're related. They look like spiders. They're related to kangaroos. They're like they're like <laughs> they're like a mix between a giant spider and a giant crab and hell. Yeah, they are pretty scary. They might actually be demons. I like I was just looking it up and it says also known as the robber crab or palm thief. So they like to take stuff apparently. <laughs> they're real big. <laughs> the fucking assholes too. The robber crab breaks into your house and steals a 20. <laughs> breaks into your house and steals your tail, leaving you a little bit more crab-shaped each time. <laughs> one of us. One of us. <laughs> it steals children so it can slowly turn them into crabs. So I'm guessing a crab needs to have eight legs to start with. Is that correct? Ten. Ten? Oh, even real crabs still, have ten legs? They're still decapods, yeah. Okay. Yep, Didn't yep. Re- but like with like all like most true crabs, they've got like eight little little littler legs, and then you know the two pinchies in the front. Technical term. Um, and yeah, there's tons of them. Uh, th- this uh, this list is giving me a bunch of really like scientific names. I want where are the like? Give me the like, the horse crab. Yeah, give me the like plain English names for these, please. But you know, like um, I, I know that like uh, soft shell crabs is one that we eat. Mm-hmm. They were eating a soft shell crab. That's, I believe, a real, a true crab. Just, just that's just from my memory of like looking at what its shape was as I ate them. Are horseshoe crabs? Those aren't crabs, right? I don't think Why so. Why do they call them crabs? They're just like fucking yeah, weirdos. They have like blue a, blood. <laughs> horseshoe crab. I mean, that's like I think one of our unfortunate, like this unfortunate thing with like English, plain spoken English, and then like scientific language is that. Mm they have inconsistencies with each other. So like a yeah. plain English, in plain English, any any kind of crust, like crustacean looking thing, right? With like big pinchies, but like a shorter body, we're going to call it crab. But right? it doesn't even have pinchies, I don't think. It yeah. has a big like pokey tail that I don't even think it like the tail pokes you. It's just like you got to watch out for it. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> They're not true crust crabs or crustaceans. <laughs> what the fuck are they? Uh, Chelicillarids, which are more closely related to arachnids. So, <laughs> they're scary spiders. water spiders. Yeah. <laughs> horseshoe crabs, totally different thing. We hmm. harvest them for their blood. Also, aren't horseshoe crabs like, super duper duper old? Yes. Like they evolved they're like two way longer. Billion, ago. jillion years old. They're actually. I don't think that's true. They created the planet. They are gods. <laughs> they. <laughs> they're gods who have been on the path to carcinization <laughs> that's <laughs> they used to be mighty beings but they're just like slowly evolving into fucking crabs and they're just not there yet but they're on their way yeah they got to get rid of that yeah. long pointy tail thing yep. yeah yes so, so the fossil records for horseshoe crabs extend back as far as 480 million years ago that's quite a lot of years ago yeah they're referred to as living fossils in the Wikipedia article. Oh, yeah. We're like, hey, you're really old. You must know a lot. Let me steal your blood. <laughs> <laughs> what do we What do we use their blood for? I know, like, it's important for something. <sighs> it's oh, it's yeah. some sort of detector. I, if it, like it turns blue or something in the presence of something. No, I think it is blue. I think it changes colors or something. It's. I know it's used in the detection of something, but I'm not sure what it is. Some kind of biomedical technology. Yeah, the Atlantic. I I listened to a podcast about this some time ago. So now we are regurgitating that whole knowledge. No, we're not, because it seems like nobody remembers. Oh, I don't remember. So okay, it's used for the detection of bacterial endotoxins in medical applications. So it's like detecting bad bacteria, making bad shit that's making you sick. 
Oh. Well, that does sound pretty useful. Jeez. Yeah. Well, like, we need this to make sure we're not getting sick. And the crab's like, I need this to live. Stop. <laughs> I need this to transport oxygen throughout my body, please. <laughs> also, as a side note, I feel like horseshoe crabs look a lot less like crabs than a lot of these crab impersonators we were talking about beforehand. They do. I don't know why uh, English decided to call that a crab on top of it. It's just like, <laughs> yeah. Like, what do you th- what do you think that fucking thing is? He's like, I don't know, a crab. They're like, well, are you an idiot? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it kind of looks like a Roomba with a tail, basically. You know, yeah, it does. a spiky armored Roomba. And given that it's probably a bottom feeder, given its anatomy, that's, you know, probably not an inaccurate description of it. I am still scrolling through for looking. I'm still trying to look for just a list of actual crab species that isn't like crazy Latin names. <laughs> Here, I'm just going to click on a random one and see what happens. Oh, look, yeah, freshwater crabs of some kind. Potamidae. What's in the Potamidae? True crabs, varieties from around the world with pictures. Ooh, pictures. Wait, and the first one they said is king crab? What the hell? Wait, <laughs> seriously? Ah, <laughs> uh, sigh. I like king crab, not a true crab. We know the truth. Yeah, apparently the one that I, uh, the article that I opened up was all about uh, eating crabs, so... <laughs> So I actually have no idea whether or not these are true crabs. The delicious crab. <laughs> yeah, this this one is uh, this one says uh, this article is it, it leads with not true crabs and it's like Alaskan king crab, horseshoe crab, porcelain crab. We mentioned those, and then it says crab louse, which is you know crabs. Oh. Crab louse. <laughs> <laughs> and then this article doesn't actually list any real crabs. What the hell? Why are you not useful? You wow. article. And here's a place so where you can maybe buy there are crabs. no true crabs. No there true are crabs. only impersonators. <laughs> the true crabs have evolved into humans. <laughs> the final evolution of a crab is a human. Okay, so blue crab. Uh, yeah. oh, swimming uh, crab. Fiddler crab. You guys heard that one? Maybe that's a nope. semi-popular one. No. <laughs> semi-popular is a you know big with the kids. Kids yeah. really <laughs> dig it. It's big on TikTok. I'm just trying to think of the ones like I've heard of before. Um, Blue Atlantic crab. Ghost crab. Here we go. There, there's lots of crabs out there that are, that are true crabs. Common fiddler crab. The fiddler crab is fun because it has like one huge claw, or at least the male yeah. does, and one yeah. little claw. Is that the species that like the males will contest each other by like grabbing the giant claws and squeezing, and the one that backs off is the one that you know doesn't get to mate? Yeah, according to this, the large claws used for fighting other males. It's a whole fun, whole fun nice. deal. So that one is got that one's weird, but that one's a true crab. Yes. But how is that? Like, how does one have like a slightly misshapen ass, and it's like you're not a crab? <laughs> but this guy's like, I got one really big arm, one really small arm, and they're like, yeah, you're a true crab. Well, as a side note, the way that uh, species used to be categorized was all based on physical traits. Um, but the thing is, as time went on, it became a lot cheaper and easier to do genome sequencing of species. And based on that, they found that a lot of our prior existing categorization of uh, various species was actually, you know, not quite correct. And so a lot of modern taxonomy of species is done based on genomic analysis as opposed to analysis of physical traits, or rather done in concert with them. Because, yeah, in the end, the goal is actually to get species that you know who's a common ancestor, who has common ancestry more recently, and then before that, before that, like, like a species, uh, should is considered related, and and not like the same species or the same category of animal as another species based on that that lineage, and not necessarily just by their pure traits. So like that's why you don't consider a dolphin a fish, even though they have some similar traits like fins and and flippers and whatever the hell else, right? Yeah, we know that they live in the we, water and they live in the water, right? We actually know that dolphins are mammals and they descended from land dwelling animals that then over time, you know, became aquatic. And then, but also a gr- great people. example of convergent yeah. evolution there, just in terms of taking a shape that a lot of other animals that live in the sea take on. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, perhaps they are on their way to being crabs too. Someday they just have to start they just start living towards the seafloor more often until they uh, mm-hmm. start developing the scuttling behavior. Crabs with right. a blowhole. That'd be a thing to see. <laughs> but yeah, um, there's, there are, um, there are a couple categorizations of like how something evolves. Like you have uh, what Trevor just said, convergent evolution. And you have, but that's like, I, I would say like the sort of more special case in a way, like 
the more common thing you think of as divergent evolution, where you know two 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 populations basically of a species could be isolated from each other for some reason or another, geographically or even because of some sort of sexual selection or whatever. And mm -hmm. over time, they because they're they are self-contained populations, their traits change over time, and then over a really 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 long time, they can become separate species and no longer compatible with each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my favorite example of this, which I probably brought up before, is the founder effect, which is when like some sub-elements of a species are isolated from the others, like on an island or something, like yep. or a volcanic eruption or something. And then after time, because just, you know, there's a lot of genetic variation, you know, those three individuals that got stranded on an island could rise to an entirely separate species. Hmm. Speaking of, right, another just like Darwin's finches are a great example of divergent evolution. You know, it's pretty clear. Uh, the Darwin's finches are the finches that um, are several, several different species that have populated various islands in the Galapagos. And um, it was basically Darwin's like inspiration to the whole idea of the theory of evolution and natural selection. And, you know, what he saw was that there were these different species of finches that were extremely similar to each other, but had like these key differences in their beak shapes that helped them, uh, you know, access different types of food or whatever. And he, you could even like trace kind of like based on the similarities that like, you know, whatever, whatever finch species kind of came first and then migrated to this Island and then turned into the, and then, you know, evolved into this species and et cetera. So like that's di that divergent evolution. Um, and then you have convergent evolution, which is kind of nuts because it basically is the effect of two separate species that may or may not be super related, or they could be completely unrelated, uh, evolving some kind of similar trait over time. Uh, and so like the carcinization is a kind of a, a mild example of it when you really stop and think of it, but like nature has done this in a lot of more, uh, like dramatic ways. So like dolphins is a really good example, right? Like aquatic mammals evolving more fishy features like fins is a pretty good example or like streamlined bodies with like smooth skin, um, eyes evolved in, uh, co with convergent evolution several times in nature. Um, uh, what's the example? Like, I think it's the, the octopus eye hmm. and Trevor, maybe you can back me up on this. It has an extremely, it, may, it might be the squid eye or the octopus eye has an extremely similar anatomical structure to a human eye or like a mammal eye. And they evolved separately from each other. There was no species. Hmm. There was no thing that had an eye like that. And then we diverged. It was like some, you know, we, we, we diverged from like, um, octopuses and stuff like it was so long ago that whatever our common ancestor was, did not have those kinds of eyes. And then we evolved those kinds of eyes in, in parallel with each other. I didn't actually know that, but yeah. I have another example of a convergent evolution, which is kind of cool. Um, so one, so one feature of animals in the nature is that uh, poisonous animals are typically identified by distinguishing features. Like a bee will have like a green and black series of sort of, you know, coloration on its uh, tail. Or, you know, certain animals will have bright coloring to indicate that they're poisonous or toxic or something like that to deter predators. And, you know, these traits evolve in those because it's valuable for these species to indicate to predators, hey, if you eat me, you're going to die so that they don't get eaten. And making the signal very clear so that the predators can also choose to, oh, I'm going to ignore that prey because if I'm going to, if I eat it, I'm going to die. And so you'll end up with a lot of, you know, clearly, uh, species clearly signaling that, hey, I'm poisonous. But what this also gives rise to is a phenomenon called mimicry, where other species that are not poisonous will also evolve in that direction because all of a sudden, you know, animals that have that black and yellow coloring to the tail will be ignored by potential predators because they don't want to get stung. And that's how you give rise to things like flies that look like bees and things like that. Because they basically, you know, take on the advantage of not being, you know, predated uh, or, you know, consumed while not actually going through the evolutionary legwork of making themselves poisonous. Um, but on the other hand, if you get too many mimics uh, that are sort of, you know, trying to pretend to... The whole, the whole pyramid species. collapses. Exactly. Yeah. And then basically <laughs> they all get eaten instead. And then all, so the, all the predators die because they still they ate poisonous shit too. Right. This reminds me... Um, did you guys know that the monarch butterfly is actually poisonous? It's yeah. not. Is it? Or it is. It's not like to like humans really. Like it's like the plant that it like um milkweed. Yeah, milkweed like goes on like uh it covers itself in it and like 
most animals will eat it and get like sick. Um, huh. Usually won't kill them or anything. But there's a butterfly that is like it mimics it to like try and pass itself off so that things won't eat it. They named it the the voice Roy <laughs> because it's not a monarch. Mm-hmm. Yep, I like that. <laughs> whoever whoever did that, they did a good. They did the, a good thing. The evil vizier butterfly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the usurper. Um, another really great example of convergent evolution is like flight and wings. You know, mm. um, if you think about the different types of wings there are, they evolved in birds and in insects and even in mammals, uh, right? With bats and stuff. And soon all of those will become crabs as well. <laughs> Flying crabs. Yeah, and some of them are very similar, but there's also some pretty amazing div- like divergences in terms of how flight is achieved, like looking at hummingbirds or dragonflies, which are two species that can, you know, hover in place and via completely different mechanisms that I don't understand at all. Yeah. But they're pretty awesome. I think they flap their wings really fast. <laughs> yeah, fucking fast <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. The one thing I, when I was doing some research about this was like some people were explaining and exploring, you know, kind of why, why this sort of happens. And even though life is incredibly diverse, we all still live in the same planet with the same like laws of physics, basically. And so like, you know, life can only do so many things with their body plans that are physically possible. And that also help you solve problems in the physical environment. You know what I mean? Like all of our, all of our organisms live on a planet with one G and this amount of, you know, this thickness of air and this level of oxygen and nitrogen generally, like all those sorts of things contribute in a way to giving rise to like, you know, if, if it works for this animal, it's, there's a good chance that over time, you know, it'll work for another animal, especially if that there's like a particular niche Right. If there's a particular niche in the ecosystem that needs to be filled, like a way to, uh, you know, achieve safety or energy or whatever that isn't being filled, um, something is likely to evolve to fill it. So, you know, I guess you could say uh, if you have um, an abundance of like water around a population of mammals, you know, there's a new niche for some of those mammals to start accessing that water more and more. And then you might get something that ends up evolving to be aquatic over time. Mm-hmm. Um I really love, uh, like the whole idea of aquatic mammals is just really cool and interesting. And it's neat that we have kind of like a spectrum of animals to look at in terms of like they're a, a turning aquatic, you know, like we have things like, uh, whales or dolphins that are like, you know, so super aquatic. They've been like that for many millions of years. And then you have something like otters, you know, um, and even different types of otters have different sort of body plans and lifestyles that that go towards more or less aquatic lifestyle so like a river otter lives on like land and water right they like their dens are on the land um you know they 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 take their food to land to eat it they might hide out from predators and stuff but like when they hunt they go in the water and they're fast and they catch stuff in the water um and they're kind of awkward on land i mean they're not like the worst but you know they they have this like interesting hybrid lifestyle Mm -hmm. when you compare that with the sea otter Sea otters are basically fully aquatic. They almost never go to land. Like they can, but they don't have to. They have their babies out at sea. They float on their backs, like to rest. Like they don't rest on land. Uh, you know, they dive for their food and they go back up to the surface and they crack it open on their little tummies and it's adorable. <laughs> and they eat it there and uh, and they hang out like on on like on top of kelp forests and stuff. And so you you can even look at their like anatomy. Like their anatomy is m- more aquatic. Like their hind legs are more flippery. Whereas when you compare them to a river otter, river otters have like clawed hind feet, you know, because they still run. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and they they swim with all four of their limbs. Whereas the sea otters, they actually only swim with their tails and their hind legs, and their front paws are really just for holding and like manipulating objects. It's just it's just like super cool. Like we know that those diverged from each other at some point in the more recent past, and you're seeing that like a- aquaticness happening more and more with the species that lives out at sea all the time. And you could also imagine or sort of ex- extrapolate from that, like, okay, these sort of front limbs are kind of becoming, in a sense, vestigial, like, because they're not being used for swimming. And you project yourself down that path for a while, and you end up with, like, fins like you have in dolphins or whales or something. Yeah, it's very possible that, you know, in, in you know, another 10 or 20, 40, whatever million years, they will both to be a crab. <laughs> become crabs. <laughs> what, what the fuck happened with the platypus? Um... He seems I, I, fucking I think weird. he was just sort of kicked off the evolutionary bus. 
He just like showed up one day. He's like, hey guys, what are you doing? And everyone's like, what the fuck happened to you? Extremely confusing, yeah. They lay eggs. They have poisonous barbs for mammals. Yeah, I know. Nuts. Mm -hmm. They're like, hey, I'm also headed to Crab Zone, so I'll see you there. And we're all like, yep. Let's do it. <laughs> I haven't done my research we on all Fly. all have a crazy journey to crabness. <laughs> I uh, yeah I I I would imagine they probably had a lot more related species that died out over time and they're just like some weird you know lone branch on the evolutionary tree. Um, but that's the, that that would just be my wild guess. They just poisoned all their like brethren, <laughs> quite possibly. Where do they live? Like, aren't they a very sort of like tiny little niche species in one location? Yeah, now I got to look up platypus. Okay. They're in your house. I, I mean, if you had come for you. if you had one guess for a place where a weird ass animal would be from Australia, Australia, yes, it's from Australia, <laughs> and it's poisonous. Of course, it's from Australia. Yep. Has anybody like died from a fucking platypus attack, <laughs> or like trying to <laughs> fuck a platypus or something? I don't know. Isn't, the out his isn't it like isn't it the spine that's like poisonous on their like back leg or something like that? Yeah, it has a spur on its hind foot that delivers venom. Which is like the fucking what? It's like it'll kick you. It's super weird. I should point out that there's also echidnas, right? Those are also very similar to Crabs. platypuses. Eventually, they, eventually, they're not yet. Oh, Just, yeah, yeah. Can you hold your horses? <laughs> hold right. your horses, which will also become crabs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Horse crab. <laughs> we have many hundreds of millions of years to get there for these for these very different species. I want it faster. <laughs> so wait what is an echidna i don't even know what the fucking echidna I, all i know is knuckles. What knuckles is but he's a cartoon and i don't know what a real one looks like because i mean like you can't look at those fucking characters and extrapolate what their real animal looks like like if you looked at sonic and you're like well he's he's a hedgehog so i should know what a hedgehog is <laughs> no you don't know what a fucking hedgehog is echidnas i'm looking because i actually thought they were something different but they also have spines that's why they related it to a hedgehog even though they're probably not that related they got a tiny little head yeah they're in the same order as the platypus and yeah, also related also lay eggs hmm. super really? crazy so knuckles lays eggs yeah. so monotremes are the name of the uh order of mammals that lay eggs yeah it sounds to me like and i'm just i'm just doing some really quick like scrolling around but this is true for a lot of things is like we kind of don't know 100 percent like how stuff evolved all we have is a bunch of like really incomplete evidence you know, like um, the fossil record is one, but like fossilization is actually extremely rare in nature. And like, it's more common in like places, like fossilization tends to happen like in water, right? Like something that's kind of fall in the water, fall into the sediment, and then like get preserved under sediment that then becomes rock, right? That's like a really, really, you know, most organisms just, just decompose and yeah, don't leave a fossil behind. So trying to sit we're trying to like scientists try to stitch together evolutionary history from extremely uh uh sparse fossil data yeah on top of that you know you can you, you can look at you can uh evolve i'm sorry evolve um you can analyze genomes is another way to look at things right you can you can look at something's genome to see how related it is to other species and of course you can just do um anatomical reference references uh uh, seeing, you know, the different like analogous structures that you have and how different they are from, from other organisms. And the last one is to, uh, study the growth of an embryo, right? Because the mm -hmm. formation of how a species kind of creates its body plan, like, you know, the majority of that body planning happens, you know, at the, like the development stage when it's, um, you know, in the egg or in the womb or whatever. So being able to watch how, right. And, and what, what that really is, is like different genes kicking on, kicking off to, to, to kind of grow that body over time, you know, elongate this limb here or grow hair here or whatever the heck. And, uh, you can, so you can see like, you know, the similarity between species that way as well. You know, it, 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 that if the species looked kind of the same up, up until this stage of embryonic growth and then looks different, you know, you can, you can, that helps kind of build evidence to say that these were related, they evolved from a common ancestor more recently than something else. Right. Mm. It also kind of explains, like, if you look at, like, a human embryo, it kind of looks lizardy at one point, and it looks yeah. like it, it kind of undergoes all these weird phases, and it's yeah. kind of weird. Do you, do you think anyone has cooked and eaten a platypus egg? 
Of course. Probably. <laughs> they did not live to tell the tale. I feel like people have cooked and eaten almost anything. I wonder what that's like. <laughs> I wonder if it's like, I wonder if it's special because it's like a mammal. It's a little gamey. It's kind of like human-y. <laughs> you know, human-y. I was actually, I was thinking a future topic could be like talking about really weird foods, but they have to be like legit foods. They can't just be like things we make up. That definitely sounds like a Rashi I didn't make this up. I didn't make up eating a platypus egg. Well, it's part did. of a cuisine. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a, t- that'd be a good Rashi episode. Anyways, I mean, that's all I got for the evolution, conversion evolution thing. Trevor, did you have anything to add or do you guys have any weird questions to ask? So how long until I'm a crab? How long do I have to wait? Unfortunately, it's not how evolution works, but... Uh... <laughs> yeah. Well, How long until uh... your descendants are crabs? I would say 40 million years. (laughs) I'm waiting on me. Like I said, you're not a Pokemon. Only Pokemon evolve, quote unquote, from as an organism. Is there like a crab stone that like I can eat and turn into a crab? (laughs) (laughs) Mm. So the one thing I wanted to add is that uh, earlier you're talking about how you can distinguish various uh, orders of animals by observing the development of their, you know, sort of young or sort of like as they go from an embryo to a fully fledged animal. I mean, it's just one one set of the evidence that you can pile yes. together with all the other evidence. But yes, <laughs> you make a pile of evidence and light it on fire. <laughs> one of the one of the Science. things that's done as a sort of like very early mechanism for distinguishing wildly different animals is whether or not the mouth of the anus forms earlier uh, earlier in the uh, in the embryo. And there's a specific name for that that I've been trying to look up in terms of what those two various, like, you know, divisions are, but I can't remember what they are. <laughs> it's, it's the, the ass to mouth uh, effect. <laughs> human centipedus effect. This is a dangerous thing to Google on the fly. Right, yeah. but the, the one, the, like... <laughs> Playing the most dangerous game. <laughs> the order of animals where the mouth forms first are things like sponges. And the ones where the ass forms first are like almost all of the things you'd think of as like regular animals. So us, our ass forms first and then our mouth? Our ass forms first and our mouth forms later. I mean, that sounds about right. <laughs> I can't believe I've never we heard of this. came out ass first. God, I'm right, delighted I'll... by this fact. Thank you for the, Thank you for sharing I, I will, this. I will try to look up the actual name, but like the, the term for this is, I think it's a... Yeah, it's gastrulation, you know, the form of the formation of the gastric system. I wish it was called acinization. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Only if it happens first. Um, but I'll, <laughs> I'll try to look at the actual name. Oh, there they are. It's the protostomes are ones where uh, the mouth forms first. Uh, the fuck is a protostome? It is an animal where the mouth forms first from a embryo. And it involves sponges... And a deuterostome is one where the anus forms first. And now you learn something. Which one is like the elbow forms first? If I remember this properly, I remember watching a time lapse of an embryo. It might have been a human embryo forming. I can't remember. But like, I remember it forming like a sphere of cells and then a single indentation going in and then it kind of turning into a tube from there. And I'm assuming that's what they mean by the anus forming first. That that's exactly what I'm talking about. Anus, it's like yeah. whether or not that indita- indentation for- becomes the mouth or the anus. So it's not like you had like a baby with like no face and no ass and then the ass, afor- the ass forms. It's like at an extremely early stage. Right. You have right. a ball of cells and now you have an indentation in a ball of cells that ends up being the anus. Right. But it's basically just you've got a clump of cells and like one of the first things that happens in its, you know, sort of stage of development is a whole forms. And it's pretty similar in both of them. But they give <laughs> ro- they give rise to wildly different like body plans at the end of, you know, things. But I think that partially what this partially I think this uh gives you some insight into how much development happens in terms of embryo development. Like, this is one of the absolute first things that happens. And these two sort of species that develop differently at that stage are wildly sort of like, well, they're pretty evolutionary divergent from each other. And things that like, you know, follow the same plan for quite a while in the divergent later stage in development, they're more likely to be closer, more closely related. I mean, it sounds right. Humans really seem like we are ass first creations. Mm. <laughs> One last thing I wanted to bring up. Speaking of butts. Uh, <laughs> well, I was trying to think of 
you know, why the selection pressure would happen to turn things into crabs, right? Because there's, you know, like you're talking about things, you're mentioning things in the environment cause, you know, certain things to survive. That's like natural selection, right? If something dies, mm -hmm. you can't reproduce, but there's also sexual selection, right? Things that are super sexy and reproduce more, <laughs> they are more successful. So I assume I like that this like, is going. Yeah. So I was going to say, I assume that it's a, like, I guess there's no evidence either way, but I'd like to think that with the crabs, you're talking about the crab butt shape. I assume it's like they found the optimal sexiest crab butt and they all mm -hmm. just kind of converged that way. <laughs> or just like crab is the sexiest form. It's peak sex <laughs> appeal. And that's why we're all headed to crab though. <laughs> It's absolutely that true. That sounds like a great point on which to take a break. I mean, I kind of, I kind of want to go to one more thing though. I'm talking <laughs> sure. about human butt, human butts. Okay. Right. So if we're going to talk about sexual selection, the thing about sexual selection is that it tends to develop a relationship with, you know, uh, fitness. Um, you get, you get like a kind of a reinforcing feedback loop if you have a trait that in increases survival in a like practical way that is also sexually selected for, and. I, a lot of evidence points to this from my basic research of like human butts and, and also, you know, um, I guess you could say, uh, uh extensive research into human butts, anecdotal evidence. Um, <laughs> right. Which is that His personal um, anecdotal evidence, <laughs> right? Well, personal uh, anal though. <laughs> as a, as an upright walking species that runs right. Uh, big juicy butt muscles are, are really, um, <laughs> really advantageous, right? For, mm -hmm. for the way our body plan works and the way we move through our space. So, and, and, and we're the only great ape that has butts the way we do, or one of the few, one of the few primates and great apes that have butts the way we do, um, uh, you know, as pronounced as they are compared to other species. And we also tend to have a sexual selection towards big juicy butts, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> as a species, not, not, not maybe everybody, but there's definitely like a, a, a an attraction there that seems to have also a practical. I feel like you're uh, showing benefit. your whole ass right now. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like you're, you may be going here and I might be sort of stealing your thunder, but what I find even more interesting are when you have sexually selected traits that are disadvantageous for like day-to-day -day survival of the species. Like big old, Peacock plumes, that kind of thing. Peacock plumes are sort of like a decent example of, of that because it's like, oh, you know, they are really sort of like showy and it slows them down and makes them easier to get, you know, preyed upon. But another example I was thinking of is there's a series of, uh, or I think apes or monkeys that have just ridiculously large noses, like to the extent that it makes it hard for them to eat food. And, yeah, they're weird and trumpety and bulbous and right. like they like hang over their over their mouths. And so the assumption here is that this species must find, you know, large distended noses super sexy, um, <laughs> but nobody's thought to actually ask them. So we just make assumptions because it's a really awkward conversation to have. Um, <laughs> um, Yo, what's up with your nose? You mean my sexy ass fucking nose? Get out of here. Stop hitting on me. <laughs> uh, that, that, that particular monkey came up in my research too. And, you know, again, you can only really theorize because yeah, you can't ask them and you can't necessarily prove this to be true. But I remember the, the conclusion that they hypothesized, I guess, the hypothesis, hypothesis they came to was that the bigger noses helped the males make a louder, deeper call, mm -hmm. which then indicates, hey, I'm a big, strong male. You competing males better get the hell away. And so that gives that, gives that male access to the females because their, their, their societal structure is like a male with like a harem of females. Yep. And I think one of the most important things to realize about evolution is it's not at all about long-term survival of the individual. It's about the individual to produce children that in turn grow up to produce children themselves. And so like once, you know, even something that makes is that disadvantageous on a day-to-day -day basis is going to be heavily evolutionary selected for if it helps that organism produce offspring. Yep. It's also a good time to point out too that like evolution is not an optimization engine. It's a whatever works engine. And that leads to crabs because <laughs> what works? Crabs work forever in space, underwater, wherever. Crabs are there. I mean, crabs don't just work. Crabs work. It. <laughs> <laughs> they work those sexy crab butts. Think how much work you can get done with 10 limbs. Yeah, they do. Ugh. Capitalism. It's going to force us into crabdom.
<laughs> All right, now I think it's time for a break. Surf and turf them. Let's take a break. <laughs> Welcome back. Do you guys want to do... Hey, check this out. Great. That's what I like to hear. So much energy and enthusiasm to <laughs> round this night out. This rousing night of crabbery ends now. <laughs> that's all, all the right. energy I have. I gave it. That's all I got. I'm done all now. Right. I'm going to go hibernate. I will jump in and give you a chance to recover. And I will recommend the thing that I poked at earlier, which is the new patch 3.17 for Path of Exile. Lots of interesting new content. And it'll probably have been out for about a month or so when you hear this episode, uh, which means you'll be able to go in and buy all of the stuff that you want in-game for in-game currency uh, relatively cheaply and play whatever build is awesome at that point. Except there's no in-game currency, if I recall. Well, you have to use the weird system that the players invented. Yeah, but I mean, there's basically like two items that are used as most of the currency for everything like chaos but that orbs. means you got to interact with people and fuck that it's right. true there's like the dollar the dollar one and the million dollar one right yes basically <laughs> well there's the dollar one there's the thousand dollar one and then there's the million dollar one oh, okay and i've, I've never seen the million dollar one and i probably <laughs> never will but that's fine perfect so yeah check it out it's not crab shaped though sorry not yet oh. <laughs> you can kill crabs in it that's true Oh no! That's Don't that's kill them. Yeah, that's, that's unless they have really <laughs> long tails. <laughs> you have to stop them from taking over. You have to facilitate their their carcinization by killing the ones that don't have the sexiest crab butts. Mm-hmm. That's right. You got to look at them and you got to be like, "Are you? How sexy are you? <laughs> You're not sexy enough. You die, <laughs> and then I eat you." Um, do you want me to go next? I'll go next. Uh, I'm going to recommend an anime called Parasite. It's actually kind of old. It came out in like 2014. Oh, yeah. Uh, Parasite with a, a, like a Y. So P-A-R-A-S-Y-T-E. That's the one with the weird gun, right? There's no weird gun, really. Um, it's about... <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, thank you. Your brain is just trying to cover the fact that the gun is a huge spoiler. Oh, my God. Ah! No, it's about um, a parasitic species that like mysteriously arrives on the scene and infects humans. And usually it totally infects the human. Uh, and then they become this like crazy, like kind of shape-shifting organism that can like Whoa. change their body and their face. And it has some really okay. amazing, cool animation of that of the shape-shifting, which is one reason it's a lot of fun to watch. Uh, the, the animators clearly just had a blast animating like weird body morphing effects. And the main character basically um, Turns into catches- a crab. <laughs> the main character catches the parasite uh as it like enters his like right hand and starts traveling up his arm and he like tourniquets it and so like the the parasite doesn't take over his brain it just takes over his like right hand and right arm and then they actually develop like a relationship over time because it doesn't take over his brain and like the personality of that parasite is like really interesting it like learns it's like actually intelligent but not um it's very intelligent and rational but not like you know, it lacks all human kind of emotions and stuff. And so like, there's a lot of philosophy in this show about, you know, the like intellect versus emotion and what makes you human and not human. And it's surprisingly deep for a weird body horror show. I don't know. How I, the fuck did he tourniquet his arm and then arm not die? Just ma- magic parasite stuff. I don't know. Yeah. It's like the parasite, like, well, you can tourniquet a, a thing as long as you don't do it for like forever. I forget how what long he tourniqueted it. He would need to do if he's got a fucking parasite, right? No, so the par- the parasite has like a short phase in which it can infect the human host. So like the, the it like misses its window to infect the brain and no longer can do so. Oh. That's what happens. I see. That's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 
hey, listen, that's just how it makes the premise of the plot work. So also, this is definitely not the show I was thinking of. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck I was thinking of. There. And, and then the parasite eventually evolves into a gun. <laughs> right. Like I said, spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. Spoiler alert. No, the, the, the plot does involve some normal guns, but no weird guns. What, what year was this? I believe it was 2014. So one thing I found, I don't want to go too long about this, but like some things feel a little dated, like their use of technology and also the fact that they use dubstep in the soundtrack, which is really <laughs> funny to me. That is funny. <laughs> I'll go. I'm going to recommend. Oh, I'm going to recommend uh, the the manga Biomega by. Uh, is that the one uh, with the weird gun? Kind of. Sutomu Nihei. <laughs> uh, I mean, the guy has a weird gun, but it's not the weird gun. Like, blame, blame, he has the gravitational wave beam emitter, but he doesn't have that. He's got a special gun, but it's not that. Biomega is great. I bought the first copy of it, like, the first volume of it. Actually, I bought all of them off of eBay just to have the physical ones, because uh, they were very foundational to me growing up. And, uh, like the first volume was like released when I was in like high school. And then I don't think he got around to like finishing, like, like writing the rest of them until like five, eight years later or something like that. So I don't even know if I actually, if I've ever actually read it all the way through, but I do know it gets fucking wild and weird. So, but it, it's kind of weird going back to it because it's about, it starts off, with a guy uh, traveling to a, like, quarantined city where a, like, pandemic has, like, erupted. But, of course, it's kind of like a weird, like, zombified, like, pandemic. Um, But they kind of talk about how the fact that, like, the local government is, like, they're just like, yeah, uh, we're going to get through it by, like, you know, everyone's just going to get infected. Like, that's just how it is. And they're like, this fucking sucks. This is terrible. And then the government is like super evil and like, uh, like works together and uh, creates a situation where it then spreads across the globe because they want to just make sure the entire population is infected to cleanse the earth. And I'm like, well, this. <laughs> in today's pandemic world like this reads a bit different (laughs) (laughs) i don't see the parallels yeah nope cool uh on that note speaking of infectious diseases and also abandoning your absolute human form for something greater i'm going to recommend bloodborne psx it's a demake of Bloodborne in the style of PlayStation 1, and it kicks ass. Nice. Unfortunately, it's not the whole game. It's only the first little couple bosses of the game. But you can download it to PC. It's on itch.io. I'm hoping that it doesn't get taken down by the time this yeah, episode comes wow. out. But if it does, just DM me on Twitter, and I'll hook you up. Nice. I, I have seen articles about it and, like, talking about it, like, as it's been worked on. And it looks dope as shit. Like, somebody's putting a lot of love into it. Yeah. I've never heard of this concept of a demake. That's interesting as hell. Because yeah. we gotta talk about it. Yeah. Well, um, I'm at a Minler on Twitter. Where can people find you guys? You can also find me on Twitter. I'm at the Brendo. I'm also on Twitter at Heckbringer. And I am also on Twitter at Redhesion, also at Asian.bandcap.com and soundcloud.com slash adhesion. Uh, if you want to get in touch with all of us, we are at Team Radmars on Twitter. Uh, you can also play our games on radmars.com or radmars.itch.io. And uh, credits go to Andrew Ford for both the editing and the music of this podcast. That's it. That's great. We did it. Um, Time to go turn into crabs. Time yep. to take your crab pills, everybody. Got to take it every day. Time to, crab time. Time to just turn into a crab and slowly drift off into space to inhabit new worlds. Don't uh, forget your don't forget your crab uh uh all spark. That's right. <laughs> crab, crab spark. spark. <laughs> that's how that's how we'll start new planets with the crab all spark. 
I'll, yes. cr- I'll grab Spark Buck. <laughs> 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 I think I just had a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. And thank you guys for being here and being crabby. It's supposed to make a sound. I'm, I'm doing a crab thing with my hands. It doesn't make a sound. We can all make the crab shape with our hands. All right. We're all making the hand pincer crabby claw motion right now, dear listener. Amber done. Okay, goodbye. Goodbye. The sexiest crab. <laughs> <laughs>